0: Sorry, I was taking She was just taking a big chug of, of her
1: coffee. That is our finals week recap. Um but <laughs> we are back for the Biz Talk Buzz. Welcome back to part two of International Company Culture. And this is just a shorter episode where we uh, had a conversation with Anhela, who is a tutor at the BCL, and also Macy, who is a tutor at the BCL. And I interviewed Macy and we talked a little bit about um, kind of the interesting differences little cultural differences that she noticed while studying abroad. One of them being like that iced coffee basically doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was interesting.
0: And then you spoke with Angela. Correct, mm-hmm. Gracie? We talked about, because had has worked in a business communication lab in Colombia too. So I was really interested to kind of hear her expertise as like someone that has a lot of experience there and has a lot of experience here Um, But we talked a lot about kind of hierarchical structures versus like egalitarian um, and kind of like what collaboration looks like, um, which I thought was a really interesting conversation because even as she was talking about what she notices the differences are, it made me think about like how I'm used to business and company culture working and I don't ever think about it, which Roelia talked about that too, but.
1: Right, I definitely see a lot of parallels between some of the ideas that he had and then some of the things that Macy and Angela said. Mm -hmm. And I will say, I think it's like a perfect way to close out this season, which spoiler alert, we are doing a part -er (laughs) two-er on company culture as a whole. However, in the spring, we're going to be a little bit more focused on how you find the company culture. That's your best fit. I know it's internship season. People are looking for full-time jobs. uh, And I think that it's just going to be really fascinating to figure out how to find a best fit for your personal needs as a worker. And maybe how your needs kind of evolve as you've been in the workforce because most of us hasn't been most of us haven't been in uh the actual professional business world um or if we have maybe not super long so are, is there anything you're excited to see
0: um i'm going to m- <laughs> i'm going to miss the like the spooky episodes yeah um, the spooky little
1: case studies yeah. that me and Gracie got away with because we're obsessed with Selfishly
0: yes. selfishly yes selfishly I am going to miss that but yeah I'm excited for like I don't know a more discussion on you know what are some red flags what are things to look out for because um, because I feel like I have a lot to learn about that anyway right. as someone that's kind of in a weird liminal position between a student and like an employee here um so I'm I'm excited about that and I'm excited about applying it to my own life
1: That's awesome. Well, with that, we're going to close out on the season. We hope to see you sat for episode one in the spring, and hopefully you'll hear some familiar um, voices and maybe a couple new ones along the way.
2: All right. Would you please give us your name? In your occupation? <laughs> um, hi, I'm Macy Noctegal, and I am a tutor in the Business Communication Lab.
1: So, Macy studied abroad this past summer, and I believe it was at the Rome Center? Yes, correct. For University of Arkansas? What was that experience like? Can you tell us a little bit about it?
2: Yeah, of course. Um, it was amazing. I um, was so thankful that I had the opportunity to Opportunity to go. I was in Rome for a month studying at the University of Arkansas Rome Center, like you said. Um, it was a faculty led program, and when I was there, I took two marketing courses consumer behavior and global marketing. And it was just incredible to be able to um, just be immersed in the Roman culture every single day and learn about marketing from a global lens and with a global perspective.
1: That sounds amazing. Was there, when you went into studying abroad, was there a misconception that you had going into that experience?
2: Um, A little bit. I um, went into it, so I don't speak Italian. I've never taken an Italian Mm -hmm. course. And so I went into it a little bit nervous about the language barrier aspect of um, just being in a foreign country and getting around, finding my way. But I was actually surprised by the fact that a lot of the – workers in just stores or even just people along the streets were um, very well prepared with how to um, direct tourists and respond to us and answer our questions and it was really nice. Um, I was not expecting that at all. I was just really pleasantly surprised and um, it was I felt very considerate of them to be able to answer our questions and talk to us. That's awesome. So did you have a time
1: where you felt you totally stood out as a tourist or were there a few times? (laughs) Yes,
2: definitely. Um, there were a few times for sure, but one that um, comes to mind is one of our, it was the first couple of days that we were in Rome. We were heading to class in the morning and we stopped at a coffee shop because of course we had to do that every day. The coffee there was amazing. So we stopped at a coffee shop and we ordered Our, um, typical coffee that we would get here in the United States, obviously we knew going into it that it was going to be a little bit different. We heard they didn't have ice at every place and, um, just that most people would typically order just an espresso or a shot of espresso. Um, but we asked for iced coffee to go and they were just super confused, um, didn't have that available to us. And so that made us feel like a tourist a lot because they were kind of just looking at us funny, weren't sure like where that order came from. And so we ended up just ordering um, something that they were familiar with and they just kind of made it for us and we actually really liked it. so, it was turned into a great experience and a learning opportunity because we were more familiar with what they were expecting at other coffee coffee shops. So,
1: it is the coffee culture is definitely very different there. I remember hearing about like a huge Starbucks roastery opening up in, I believe it was Rome or Milan, and just all of the Italians being really upset about it because it wasn't the type of coffee that they personally like. Right. So that's so funny to me.
2: I know. It was funny because um, another thing that, another um, time when we felt like tourists were when we went into restaurants and had just like the dining experience because um, there were a little, like a bunch of little differences. Like it, you aren't expected to tip at the end of your meal, um, you don't get ice with your water. Um, as soon as you're seated and a waiter or waitress comes around they ask you if you would like still or sparkling water. Um, so there were just a bunch of little things that took some getting used to. But That's so yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: Alright so finally if you could give any advice to students who are thinking about study abroad what would it be? And maybe it's not like a super traditional, maybe it's something that you've learned
2: that might contribute to other people's experiences. Yeah. Okay. So I would say just if you're even considering it remotely, you should 100% definitely go do it because um, when else in your life are you going to be able to study and travel in a different country for a month or a semester or however long the program you're interested in is. But um, definitely do it. Take that leap of faith, do it. Um, I was able to meet so many different people, whether it was in the program that students that actually go to the University of Arkansas with me that I didn't know before, or, um, just people in Rome, other students from different schools studying abroad. Um, it was just a tremendous experience. I was able to grow a lot and like learn a lot about not only marketing and, um, the differences between the retail market in Rome and the retail market in the U.S., but also I learned a lot about myself and, um, just was able to, like, grow a ton from, um, all of those daily interactions and the immersion in their culture and even learned things as simple as, um, travel tips and what it's like to live, um, in a different country for a month and have to, um, adjust to the differences with things like not having a washer, a big washer, not having a dryer at all, going grocery shopping, um, all of those little things made a just huge impact on me. And I was just, and I'm just so thankful for the experience. And so I definitely recommend you should do it.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much, Macy. Of course. So if you'll tell us your name and what you do at the BCL.
3: Well, my name is Angela Cruz, I'm from Colombia, and I'm a tutor for the BCL. I'm actually pursuing my PhD in comparative literature and cultural studies, but I also have had some experience in the past with business communication back in my country.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about the past experience?
3: Of course. Uh, I used to work at a writing center back in Colombia, in a business school, one of the biggest business schools in Colombia. So my role there was precisely to coordinate the tutors and help students to polish their text, also their speeches, uh, gaining more confidence in their you know, oral communication skills, but also understanding the way that we communicate in the business field and how it differs sometimes from the academic side.
0: You're the boss, basically, is what I'm getting Yes, at. <laughs> I was the boss. <laughs> I don't know, Cole, if you're going to leave that in, my commentary on that. Um, what was one or however many things that surprised you about U.S. business culture, since you have so much experience in Colombian business culture?
3: Well, uh, one thing that is always uh, surprising has to do, not precisely with the business field, but uh, with the cultural approach to relationships, to interpersonal relationships. So, for instance, one thing that we have in Latin American culture as a generalization, of course, not everybody acts like that, but uh, one thing is about closeness Mm -hmm. and about formality. Sometimes people may think that because we are more close physically, Mm -hmm. Or we tend to be louder and sometimes more smiley. Mm. Uh, it it is the same in the business field, but actually it is not. Mm. In Latin America, we have a very hierarchical structure for business, and being formal and respectful, and sometimes kind of you know like waiting for your boss' instructions or waiting for the big guy's decisions, Mm -hmm. is the way to go in big companies. Uh, What I have noticed, what I have seen in American culture sometimes differs. Yes, of course, there's a respect for hierarchical positions. However, sometimes employees have more agency Mm -hmm. to fix problems on their own uh, and not having to wait for a superior's authorization. Mm I think there's, you know, good and bad on both positions. Sometimes you actually will need to consult mm-hmm. your bosses before acting on your own. But sometimes you need to be more independent mm-hmm. for, the, for the well-being of the companies. So I think it's a matter of balance. But that surprised me a lot. Can I say another thing? Yeah, please. Well, Keep uh, talking. <laughs> so about the cultural thing. However, you cannot fall into prejudice sure. uh, with these kind of things. Because, for instance, my first impression when I arrived here in the United States was that maybe American people was more distant, mm. more serious, mm. and that it was more difficult to have friends in your workspace Mm -hmm. but that's actually not my experience so i'm closer to some of my american co-workers and 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 that's that's amazing you know because that debunks your experience or your prejudice about intercultural relationships
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i'm glad you said that about avoiding making generalizations about an entire country and the way that they do business when obviously, like, things like class and history and all that stuff also influences it. Um, Okay, so difference in, like, authority and, like, independence and... Would you say that there's a difference in, like, collaboration at all?
3: Well, I think it also depends on the industry field. Sure. So, in my experience, I've worked well, in academia, mm-hmm. but also in publishing, and cultural, uh, you know, cultural, the cultural field, mm-hmm. cultural production. So, you know, for creative industry, sometimes collaborative work is difficult, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, it's, there are fields that are very competitive, mm-hmm. and you need to be an individual mm-hmm. most of the time. Um However, what I've seen in other type of industries in Colombia, now from my experience with the business schools there, is that if you have clear instructions and if you have a plan, collaborative workflows. I think there's, and that's one of the differences, like I think our culture, at least in Colombia, needs to have a lot of planning before starting acting. And I see that sometimes in organizations here in the United States, you have more room for improvisation Mm -hmm. somehow, Mm -hmm. for changing things, like trying to fix things according to how how they are flowing at Mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think that would be the main difference that Mm -hmm. I have perceived.
0: What about as far as like... Business communication. So, I mean, you've already kind of talked about it, but like, is there anything specific to the way that people speak to each other that seems different, or what's similar, or like, what have you noticed?
3: Well, one thing that I have noticed is that in the American culture, things are more uh, to the point. Mm. So sometimes, because our language is different and we use a lot of adjectives, uh, our messages can tend to be lengthy, sometimes worthy, mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes we start with the details mm-hmm. instead, instead of asking for the action or asking directly for what we need from the other person. That's a Common mistake sometimes in the business field, and I'm not saying that uh, in the Hispanic culture we do that all the time. In sure. fact, uh, learning how to write in business in Spanish is going to is going to address that kind of mm-hmm. issues, like trying to be more straightforward, trying to be more to the point, uh, being conscious about the time that your reader really actually have yeah. to to read your message. But but yes, I can tell that uh, the American business communication is more like to the point, straightforward. Except when it's bad news. <laughs> Except when it's bad news. And that's one good tip that we, that we have learned. Mm-hmm. And I find it like, uh, you know, very curious. It's something that we share in Spanish mm-hmm. and in English. If you are going to give somebody bad news, you try to soften, mm-hmm. soften the, you know, the, the, the ambient first, mm-hmm. you know. You try to create an atmosphere that is mm-hmm. going to be more, to make more easy mm-hmm. for the person to understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's the main difference.
0: That makes sense, because I even, before I had this job, I struggled with that myself feeling like I was always too wordy and never straightforward enough and I feel like a lot of that comes from academia mm-hmm. being wordy and not straightforward and then coming into this environment where it's like no people are on a time limit and I feel like also here and it might be like this at other places I just don't know but like time is money that kind of equation like you're costing me money by taking up my time mm-hmm. I think is interesting
3: And I think that's a lesson that we can learn um, in humanities because sometimes being lengthy, being worthy doesn't mean that you're being smarter. That just means that you are running around in circles. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, you know, conciseness is a
0: really good feature for your text. I still try and do that for even the things that I publish or the things that I write for like my English dissertation. Um, my final question for you is what would be your advice for how students can develop intercultural communication skills now?
2: I
3: think an important way to gain cultural awareness and improve your intercultural or cross cultural communication is to. Be genuinely open mm-hmm. to the other. And when I say the other, uh, you, are not, you are not seeing me right now, but I'm like air quoting mm-hmm. that other because it's not only to acknowledge that the person that you have in front of you comes from a different background. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's acknowledging that that background Is as important as your background. Mm -hmm. And that for some uh, people and in some cultures, the way that we handle things, that we handle business, is effective. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: It's simply different. Mm -hmm. And admit that you can learn from that. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a very, like, it's a matter of disposition. But also, I think you need to be more open to the cultural products that come from other countries. So, for instance, in my case, in my country, I was raised with a lot of influence of pop American culture. Uh, So I learned a second language uh, at a young age. I started consuming American film, American literature, and so... I did the same with some other cultures, with European uh, literature. So I was all the time open because, yeah, th- that's the way that I was raised. And that has given me the advantage to uh, being able to communicate with people from different cultures uh, more easy mm-hmm. sometimes. So I think it's a matter to be Open to new experiences, and you know, go and watch that film with subtitles. Maybe mm-hmm. you are going to be lost the first fifteen minutes, but if you start training yourself to, you know, to have these new experiences, it's gonna be worth it. I promise.
0: That's good advice. I also am someone that watches English, like movies that are in English with subtitles because I can't hear anything. Um, that's really similar, and I'm glad, like. I'm glad it's similar to what Rogelio said when we interviewed him, because he just talked a lot about like understanding your own positionality, as it, understanding your own positionality, and acknowledging that someone else has a different positionality. Um, I think is very good advice. Is there anything else that you want to say?
3: Um, well, I don't know. Just you know. We need to fight not only for business and not only for uh, cross-cultural entrepreneurship and 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 this field of knowledge, but for life. We need to really avoid actively avoid prejudice. Uh, just because somebody comes from a, in a specific country or in a specific field of knowledge mm-hmm. uh, doesn't mean that that person is that fixed image that you have in your head. So being open and being conscious about the advantages, the privileges, I don't like the word privilege, but but the things that you have and that you can put on service to other people, Mm -hmm. being conscious about that, uh, it's life-changing and makes your life better.
0: Snap, clap, clap, clap.
1: To the Biz Talk Buzz, I'm Savannah. I'm Gracie. And I feel like there's just so much to capture with the international culture episode, but Rogelio did an amazing job of mm-hmm. doing just that. I think I brought up the example of how we really only think about business and what business etiquette should be like based off of um, our Kind of selfish American um, experience, and it's kind of the same thing as when you were in elementary school and saw the map of the globe, and the United States is right in the middle of it, but that's not reality at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was really interesting the dialogue about like how it's not necessarily a difference of ex- expertise mm-hmm. or skill, but more about the resources that the government may or may not have, and um, what they can accomplish with what they do have. Mm -hmm. What did you think about that?
0: Yeah, I thought that was really important and kind of seemed to be a thread throughout the whole time that we talked to him, but about understanding your positionality and about how your culture, your class, all of these things kind of create what you think of, like you said, as being business, right? And like the word business is such a loaded term. Um, And understanding when you do business internationally or or collaborate with people um, internationally, like understanding that is so important to having a successful collaboration. Um, Understanding your own positionality uh, and understanding that someone else that you're working with has a different positionality.
1: And I hate to get back into this because Gracie and I were just having this full discussion about... The White Lotus and all there is to unpack there, like, thematically in that season. And maybe, maybe not. There will be an episode some discussion about this. But I just, I I think this was such an interesting episode. And I really look forward, honestly, maybe to a follow-up with Rohelio Just because he has so much experience that we couldn't even pack into a thirty minute episode. I mean he's met sure. the Pope. For sure. So.
0: I that's crazy. Not crazy, but that's like crazy. Um yeah, and I think it's important also to kind of like talk about how international business culture is such a broad mm-hmm. like I mean we talked to someone with experience in Colombia, yeah. someone with experience may see in Italy, um, someone with experience literally everywhere, which is what yeah. Relio like, had. So I think like understanding, even just the you know we've gotten diverse perspectives, but it's so much bigger than that too. Than like a thirty minute episode, like mm-hmm. you said, I also would just love to take one of his classes. Um, not that it relates to anything that I do, but just to be inspired every day. Right. Go to class.
1: Right. And I did love how he really encouraged everyone to go out and be exposed to those. Um, it, it's a whole nother discussion to have. I wish that there was more access to being able to experience those types of things. And I think that's something that the Walton College is really trying to fill the gap
3: mm-hmm.
1: between. But um, I'm glad that we got that study abroad, like the student experience. Mm-hmm. We got the living in a different country experience. And then we got Rahelio, who has business expertise in virtually I mean, I don't even know how many countries across mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. world. So with that, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, if you like what you heard, please download and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. While you're at it, follow us on Instagram at wellin underscore PCL. That's all for this week, and we'll be back soon with casual conversations about professional things. I want to give one thank you before we close out for the season to everyone on the podcast team and at the Business Communication Lab. So that includes our editor, Cole and Jackie. Uh, We also have Gracie, of course, one of my co-hosts, Sung Men, my other co-host. We have Macy and Joaquin who do our social media. And we really just would like to give a big shout out to everyone who makes a difference in this podcast being what it is. Have a great semester, y'all. Thank you